Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in everybody to the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. Your host, Jake Burns. We are not going to waste a ton of time. It is wild card week. I hope you are doing well. I hope you're excited for this weekend, despite all of the distractions for the team up in Cleveland who has not even practiced yet this week. I recorded this episode uh, with my guests, Mike Krupka, John Colosimo. We recorded it Tuesday night. There had yet to be news about Ronnie Harrison and um, some some other additions coming back, Anderson Deho. But the news had broken about Stefanski and Batonio, and I wanted to get some immediate reaction from those guys. So this is going to be the first preview I have posted. And then tonight, uh, to post later this week, I did a crossover with the Rebuild podcast that we will post on this feed as well, where we have a reaction to everything that has happened through Thursday night. So we will see if anything else gets crazy between now and then. But um, let's not waste any time. It's a, it's a fantastically fun playoff experience for the Browns. I hope uh, something good can come of it, and I hope we're still excited about it, and I'm not here to sell doom and gloom and negativity. We're going to talk about the ways the Browns can win, hopefully, and uh, we'll just try our best to stay positive and look at the, the glass half full approach because I think that's that's what's best to do here, and I know that's what the Browns are doing as well. So we will kick that off. Let's get over to our interview with uh, John and Mike right now. Well, here we are, man. We feel good uh, for for a day. It, it, the Browns make the playoffs, and I'll, nothing's going to take that away, man. Nothing's going to change that for me. The, the unique feeling that was that Sunday night. Nothing's going to change that for me. But uh, I guess we should have saw it coming. I saw the tweet from Schefter pop up. I don't know if I was the first human being to see it, but for some reason, I refreshed at the right time, and I was like, man, I should have saw this coming. I, I it just not that it's too good to be true, but just there was no sign that this outbreak was going to be contained. So I'm still, I still feel great. I still feel really re- relieved that they're in the playoffs, right? Like I feel it's still very cool to me what they were able to do, but this sucks. And it's not, it's not a death sentence to the game Sunday, but I'm kind of crushed about it, uh, especially for Kevin, for all he's invested, especially for Joel, for all he's invested. Joel for, for years and years for all he's invested and Kevin, uh, being the right guy at the right time, putting in a, a what I'm sure if you got Kevin behind closed doors would say was a nightmare type of scenario season from 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 a first year perspective and what they're able to do. So uh, I'm I'm crushing. And I, I feel for Kader Hodge too, man. Like that guy's battled injuries, but he's bald. When he plays, he, he plays, man. So yep. uh, it sucks. It sucks for all involved. Just kind of like where you guys are at as uh, as we we're only Tuesday. We could see more madness over the next three four days, unfortunately. But just kind of wanted your opinion where you're at. We'll start with you, Mike, and then we'll jump to you, John, after that. Yeah, I think I mentioned today that, you know, I, I woke up this morning getting ready for my, my day at work. The first thing I do, aside from just wake up and open my eyes, is check Twitter, and, and there it was. And I just smacked my bed, and I woke up my girlfriend. And she's like, what the hell's going on? What's wrong? And I told her, and she's like, eh, and she rolls over and goes to bed. But all that to say that, yeah, I mean, this, this, is, this is devastating. This is devastating for Kevin. It's devastating for, for Paul DePodesta. And, and, you know, he's been trying to get this train on the right track for so long. Uh, just this whole team, the whole city, it's one of those, it's one of those oh, you know, 
I don't want to say it because we're not that. And Jake, we talked about this before we got on the show here. It's we're just one of those same old Browns moments where, you know, like Murphy's Law, whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. And we, were, we thought we were going to dodge it. And, and, he, and here we are. So uh, I, I don't know. I just it's, it's going to be quite the week to see how the hell we put this game plan together, how the hell this team comes together. And I know we'll dive into that. But aside from just the shock and awe that we went through today, I can't get that out of my mind. And I have so many questions on how this is going to work and how it's going to play out. We'll touch on those. John, what did you think, man? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that uh, having Kevin Spansky go out was outside of like, say Baker or Chubb about the worst news that the Browns could have is that you're not going to have this guy. And uh, you know, there was, and I don't know how much to put into it, but, you know, there was definitely talk about how, you know, he'd helped some things back and, uh, you know, for what he was going to do against Pittsburgh. So it's a big deal. It's, it's a big deal to to lose the coach of the year, um, in my mind. So uh, this is going to be a very, very tough scenario for the Browns to deal with. And, uh, look, I'm one of the guys that, this season is already success. 11 wins. We had to get 11 wins to get into this damn postseason to begin with. That's freaking hard. I don't care how easy your schedule is. That's hard to do in the NFL, win 11 games. And so, you know, we did it. We're in it. We get a, a shot here. Um, but, you know, certainly, like, I mean, it started with Olivier Vernon, right? I mean, like, that was the first news that I saw. I didn't see the, you know, the COVID news until a little later in the afternoon. You know, the first thing I saw uh, is OV, who has been playing out of his mind, um, you know, has the Achilles rupture, and that was a blow. And then you have Joel Petonio and Kevin Spansky, and like you said, Mike, it's only Tuesday. So I don't know what we're going to be left with once we get to Sunday night. Uh, there's an awful lot of time. Uh, to lose more people and um, and those types of things. But, um, you know, it's not going to drag me down in terms of what this season was for a Browns fan. You know, like uh, Jake, you know, like we did we did film breakdown through 0 and 16. That's mm. brutal. <laughs> I did, man. You know, did. Yep. <laughs> you know so um, it, it's been a tough road. And uh, I'm not going to apologize for feeling good about getting to the postseason this, this year. I'm not going to apologize for uh, enjoying the fact that we got a coach, in my opinion, who is a clear winner of the Coach of the Year award, who's in his, you know, younger 30s. Um, you know, at least for the present, we have quarterback solved. You know, I'm not going to say that that's just, you know, it's not a Patrick Mahomes 10-year deal type situation but um you know i'm exiting this year feeling pretty damn good but god why does it have to be a kick in the nuts here um shot in the leg at the start of the race type deal uh when we have a chance to to make some noise against a team that you know has vulnerabilities uh but it's hard to see those vulnerabilities when you're you're getting major pieces taken away from you before the game yeah, let's let's um, th listen. There's there's a certain level of doom and gloom everybody can do, and I'm sure 
uh, all of all of Cleveland and, and the radio and the podcast are doing this and it's natural it sucks and I'm sure Kevin would tell you or 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 you know his guys that you can't use it as an excuse right although it is an excuse you can't use it as one uh, because that's not going to help you it's not going to change the outcome and uh, from a glass half full perspective that's what I do I don't want I don't want to I don't want this to be doom and gloom and I don't and that's not what you guys want we have to address the elephant in the room but then it's like looking ahead how do they figure this out and uh, there's an element to figuring this out that is going to be more challenging. And I get it. Eventually you run out of dogs, right? Like eventually you run out next man up until the next man's also down too. like <laughs> eventually you can run out of your guys. Like I get it, but they, they still have, in my opinion, enough to win. Are they favored to win? Do I expect them to win? No, those are different animals altogether, right? Like that's, that's different, but they have enough to win. And this is, something that dawned on me. I was talking earlier to the WFNY guys and Craig Lindell asked the question, which I thought was really interesting is like, you know, we talk about Baker, we talk about where we want Baker to go. We talk about where we want, you know, what we want him to be. Can he become this? Can he become that? What better stage is there for this guy? Like what better stage is there for him to go on the road in a game in which he doesn't have his play caller. Uh, they're, they're down to the, they're, they're all pro pro bowl left guard. Uh, they're, they're obviously going to be down probably Peoples-Jones unless he pulls off a miracle and gets through protocol. They're going to be down Hodge. If he's able to do this, if he's able to overcome, if, if, if he's able to, to go on the road and win a game that Cleveland hasn't won in Pittsburgh since what? I was in high school, 2004, 2003, something like that. It's been a long time. What kind of story would that be? How great would that be? What kind of, you know, when you're looking at maybe – I had this discussion with people. I saw – this is so weird, Pittsburgh's media dynamic. And, and it just – it is this this entitled thing they do where they attack Browns fans. And it's like, you guys have been on a bigger stage than Cleveland fans your entire media career for some of you guys. Why do you feel the need to attack Browns fans who are just kind of happy to finally have a competent team? I don't go to Berea. I don't work for the team. I don't go out there and practice. I'm just a fan, dude. Why do you feel the need to say dumb things about – you know, well, Baker Mayfield's not a franchise. We know we know that right now. You also didn't know after Ben's third year that he was a franchise coach. So what are you doing? It's nice to have hindsight and say, well, you know, I know what Ben's become, but you don't know. You don't know until you get you get perspective. So it's like I just kind of jumped in that conversation. It's it's like these people just want to bash Baker. It's they're so afraid in Pittsburgh of Cleveland becoming relevant and good. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's a really weird thing. I don't see it from, I don't see it from new. I follow a lot of new England people. I don't see it from them. I follow a lot of people from, from other franchises, Philadelphia that have had success. It's like, why, why do you feel the need to act this way? It's such a weird petulant thing on Twitter. So it's like, I just think that, you know, when I'm thinking about Ben's turning moments in his career, what, what he became, you know, Ben didn't really become Ben until like 28, 29, 30 is, is this could be the type of game that you look back on and say, that's the moment where Baker became Baker for this place. This is the ultimate stage for him to carry his team to a victory in, in, in the craziest of circumstances. And to me, there's, I'm going to kind of segue to you guys here, but like, to me, that is the storyline is as, as Pittsburgh last week played carefree, whimsically, didn't matter. Let's just go out and play. That's the same thing Cleveland can do now. 
you know, empty the clip, right? That's the phrase. They got, they got anything up their sleeve, run it. They got things they can, they, they can take advantage of, run it. Play carefree, man. Just, just, it does, everyone's expecting you to lose. It's a little bit of that Ohio State mantra, right? Where Dabo ranks them 11th, they find the extra motivation. Same thing can happen here. Backs against the wall. The NFL, the, all football's motivation business. Who, who's more motivated to, to, to act and play? And, and, and there's a lot of that here. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious, man. Like, I know that they're stacked against them and uh, things are stacked against them. Maybe things get worse as the week goes on. But I'm just very curious. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost half excited about what they can do with this opportunity. And I just kind of want to know what you guys think. Your company's salary cap is probably tighter and you can't afford to miss on a new hire. Every person you add needs to fit just right. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly. With Instant Match, you see a list of great candidates with zero weight. Want our quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is Indeed's best offer anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, which is a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone an opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle's the perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Again, that's bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode of the OBR Film Breakdown to find out more about bwhustle.com. Again, Blue Wire Hustle, so that's bwhustle.com slash join. Yeah, Jake, to go back to the uh, the Steelers media and fans point, I think, in my opinion anyways, they, they sort of act that way because they feel that the end of their era is near in terms of Ben Roethlisberger and his career and where he's at. If you look at it, he's clearly at a different point than, than Baker is, right? Baker's at the beginning of his, Ben Roethlisberger's at the end of his career. And so I think – I've sort of likened this game. I want to go to the game now because I just think that's what's going on with, with the media and the fans. They're, they're, they're afraid of what's going on, and so they lash out at Browns fans because they, they feel that we're on the rise and they're on the decline, at, at least in the long run. So I've likened this game essentially to being like the, the plot of Rocky Four, where you know our, our guy, Kevin Stefanski, goes down. Now we got to sort of rally the troops and figure out how to go against this insurmountable task ahead of us. All the chips are stacked against us. We've got to go away into the one place that we don't want to be at. And, you know, again, if Baker wins this game, it's sort of like a build a statue type of situation. Like you mentioned, Jake, it's, it's, it's going to just 
be in the history books forever. It's something that we're never going to forget. And again, I think that's sort of what the Steelers fans are, are afraid of. Um, I think for us this weekend, to, to your point, Jake, you know, we've heard coach preach team all, all, all season. That's the, the big theme of this organization right now is, you know, we're all together in this. It's not just, you know, one guy or, or, or one person pulling the, the train here. And I think this season has offered us and offered this team so many different challenges with the, you know, remote, you know, remote coaching sessions and all these different meetings and, and players coming in and out that my hope is that just as much of a stage as it is for, for Baker and for the Browns, you know, coaches are always auditioning for what's next and bigger and better situations. So when you look at AVP and you look at Prefer, you might not like what he's done so far in special teams this season, but you look at his opportunity this weekend, you look at Wood's opportunity this weekend, these guys have an opportunity to, to get this team on a path and, and make an impression, not just here with, with the, the fan base and with the organization, but with other teams who might be looking for services. I mean, what does that say about a coach who's able to, again, pull these guys together? You know, you're missing Coach Callahan. You're missing all these integral parts. And if we can put together a, a win somehow and scrape it out, I mean, that, that really just says that to me that that mantra, everyone truly believes it. It's not just words on a wall or words coming out of people's mouth. If, if that happens, it's, I mean, we've probably never seen anything like this if, if we're able to pull this win, win off this weekend. And I'm thinking, uh, you know, of the water boy, you know, when <laughs> it's like the last game of the year, Dan, can't hold anything back now. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the, this is what I'm looking for from this team is to pull out all the stops. There'll be no more um, sandbagging, um, which I think there was to a certain extent, um, which is ludicrous when you think about it, that uh, the Browns could sandbag anything but especially with the season online but we've got a big game here um i i am still optimistic in terms of uh i've never thought much of this particular Steelers team um uh they're fantastic in the front seven uh they have a lot going on there but once you get beyond that and the wide receivers uh you know give me back denzel ward give me back uh, Ronnie Harrison and uh, and let's just go let, you know let's put the gloves on and let's just let everything you know sit on the table at the end of the day you know let's just um, figure out who we are and uh, you know in the end this has been a successful season uh, I'm looking forward to the next several years um, and you know what like I, I like a, a game for us right now where we don't have anything to lose. So that would be my silver lining here is that uh, it just puts more on the house money type uh, portion of this entertainment. And uh, yeah, if, if they can't pull out a win against us in this regard, then uh, that says more about them than it does about us. Yeah. There's, there's some big brother weird stuff that, that, that uh, they just, just the threat. They feel threat. I don't know. It's so strange to me. I've, I've ignored it as best I can all season with their, most of their fan base and most of the guys who cover that team. It seems like radio voices over there who it's like, can't you, you should just appreciate that you've, you've been involved with successful football for so long. And it's like these right. guys just become, they become spoiled. Like, like, I don't know. It's really strange superiority complex for no reason. You, you like a team, dude. It doesn't make you any better than anyone else. 
Anyway, on the positive train, considering the fact that we're recording this on Tuesday night uh, and that they may not lose anybody else the rest of the week, what, what formula is there to win? How, how do they get it? If, 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 it's, if it's going to, you know, we reconvene next week and, and, and all of this and they somehow pulled this off, what does that look like to you guys? I said it on our podcast last night, and I'll say it again here with you, Jake, and that is I think we have to be able – we have to be the bullies in the trenches. We've got to control the line of scrimmage on offense, and somehow – I don't know how we're going to do that with, with Nick Harris and Batonio out and, and Hayward, you know, just staring down the middle of some guy who's probably barely played a snap in the NFL. I don't know how they're going to do that. But if we can control the line of scrimmage – on both sides of the ball, I think we have a chance in this game. That's, that's the only formula that makes sense to me because if we're controlling the line of scrimmage, that's going to give Chubb lanes to run through. If we're controlling the line of scrimmage, that's going to give Baker at least two or three seconds to, to read the defense and get the ball out because he's been doing a great job of that. He's been you know, changing his platforms, been moving his feet in the pocket. I know you've done a great job uh, you know, showing that on all your breakdowns, but I think that's really the key. If that happens, I think we have a chance for everything else to fall into place. But if we go out there and we get owned on the line of scrimmage, it's, it's going to be, I think, a, a very quick exit uh, for this game. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And um, I'd say that uh, where I've had a lot of games where I felt like we needed to pass to, to run uh, for this one, I think that Nick Chubb can specifically, uh, especially looking at what he did last week in his limited carries, um, is a guy that can get them out of their comfort zone. And that's exactly, you know, to your point, what we need to do is to get them out of their game. I don't want to get dragged into the mud um, and and deal with a Pittsburgh type of game. Uh, you know, if we're forced to deal with that, I think eventually we lose. Um, you know, so if we can get them just a little out of their comfort zone, um, I think Nick Chubb is an excellent weapon to be able to do that, uh, to, to not let this front seven just, like, go freewheeling and go nuts uh, on an inexperienced offensive line. You know, I think that uh, that's, that's the key for me. So I'm looking for Nick Chubb to kind of be a little bit of an equalizer for this team uh, to help get them out of their game uh, so that we can maybe do some things that we want to do instead of things that are being dictated to us. Yeah, for sure. Listen, there's there's um there's a need for for some luck in this one. I think there's there's a there's quite a few examples in, in the game Sunday where Pittsburgh caught those like, you know, there's five or six plays in an NFL game that break one way or the other. You know, Olivier Vernon's sack where Mason Rudolph somehow holds on to the football uh, as it lands in his lap when he's fumbling it, or or you know, Juju Smith Schuster's crossing route over the middle is tipped, but he catches it, you know, a couple plays where Terrence Mitchell's inches away from knocking the football out of Chase Claypool's hands. He gets there a split second. So like those type of 50, 50 plays have to go Cleveland's way and they're going to have to create a turnover too. I don't know if that's a fumble, lost snap. You can convince, you can, you can hit Ben at the right time. Those plays that it's just like, you don't know how to predict them as, as all turnovers are lucky. They have to get a couple breaks, uh, two turnovers minimum that they're going to look up and win. I think they have to get two of them. I don't know how they get those two. I don't really care how they get them. you got to get them. Uh, they have to play from out in front. It's a death sentence to, to, to play Pittsburgh and play from behind. You can't hand a ball to Minka for six early in the game. You can't do any of that stuff. So however you want to get out in front, whether you think creating 
possessions by taking the kickoff in the first half is the best way to go. Take the football. Get all the possessions you can possibly get in the first half to get out in front. But you can't play Pittsburgh, fall behind 14-3 early, and all of a sudden you have T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith who's coming on as their as their next Bud Dupree. You can't have you can't have that situation where you know you're you're playing from behind and those guys can pin their ears back and. And it just becomes hell. It becomes hell on Conklin. It becomes hell on Olivia, or you know, uh, on, on on Jedrick. It, it, it's tough. So for me, it's it's the formula they've had all year: create turnovers uh, somehow, some way. Just get a couple punts, two or three punts, and play from in front. And whether that's throwing to get out in front, guys. Whether that's running to get out in front, I don't much care. But you have to get out in front so that Pittsburgh cannot play the type of defense they love, which is changing, rotating secondaries and. Uh, getting after you with with uh, exotic pressures and those guys crushing the edges like T.J. Watt does. So if you can do that, uh, that to me will be a route to victory. We'll see, though. I just want to throw in uh, one more thing, and, and no pun intended when I say throw in. We need to avoid getting penalties, especially on the offensive side of the ball, get behind on down and distance, those types of things that would ruin that sort of, you know, our chances to advance the ball. We, we just absolutely cannot shoot ourselves in the foot. Uh, this weekend I mean you can't do it any weekend but especially this weekend versus the Steelers well, we've seen we, we've seen a little bit of that recently well you can't take second downs this is what people get pissed about this is the stuff that's funny I never I never you guys have followed me we've, we've been friends now for three years I, I very rarely crash on play calling I went through a stretch with Hugh where I just thought Hugh was just throwing shit to stick but like it's hard Pl- calling plays and scheming at the NFL level is it's it's hard at any level, but even in, when you put it on doctor level like the NFL, it's very challenging. And people complain just to complain, and it's like I even had to tweet something about uh, he's open Twitter the other day because it's just like you know, dude, he's not looking at Austin Hooper on that route. Like he's throwing the corner route because he's open. Now this is how football works. They say, hey, we saw he's open. Let's come back to that play later and sell it. This is what they do. They get on the headsets to me. He's like, hey, Baker, we're going to run the same thing. We're going to go 18, you know, fake 18 Wando in corner again. But this time I'm going to hit you. I really want you to sell right side eyes. And we got hoop on the backside drag. You're going to see him wide open. Touchdown. That's how it works. They don't always call the perfect play. But what you do is you learn from that play and uh, you take it again when the opportunity is there. That's good stuff. But it's not like, hey, man, he was open on the backside. Well, there's progressions. You don't – quarterbacks – listen, I need people to understand this. Quarterbacks don't drop back and say, oh, he's open. Like, that's not, that's not how it works. It's progression-based thinking. You have to go through reads. And sometimes defenses do things that tell you to go somewhere right now. They blitz from an area or the corner – or safety gives you a look pre-snap. But for the most part, every scheme has reads. One, two, three. It's how it works. You can't see everything one time. It's not Madden with the fucking vision cone. That's uh, the whole field like Peyton Manning, which is slightly racist because all the black quarterbacks had smaller vision cones, but that's not here nor there. But, like, the thing to me is, like, it's hard. So it's going to be a challenge for AVP, but he's got some experience with this. In 2009, he was in Buffalo. Dick Duron was uh, fired the OC a week before their opener. And he had to take the offense all of a sudden for their Monday night football game against Patriots. They almost beat him. He's done this before. 11 years ago, he's going to be better, but they've done it before. But, like, to my point I was trying to make earlier, real quick, Mike, and I'll come to you, they, they, they cannot have situations where um, they shoot themselves in the foot. And it, it's not just that because, like, people are complaining about giving Nick Chubb the ball. Why aren't they running ball? Well, you have to extend drives to run the football. And you can't take second down sacks. 
You can't slip and fall in the, in the pocket. You can't have those mistakes in this game. So you can't make it a second and seven turns into second and 16. You can't make it second and four right. turns into second and, or third and 12. Like you can't, those can't happen. They had two terrible second down sacks in, this, in the late first half, and they had two false start penalties, one on a fourth and one that inches that they were going to go for, Joel jumps. I think they had one on a first down. But, like, those are little things that, that, that turn you from a 15-play, 90-yard touchdown drive to a five-play punt, you know, six-play punt. So, like, those little things have to go right to stay in front of the sticks to, to give Nick the opportunity to run. Otherwise – those drives don't extend. You don't get those extra plays. And it's like Nick, Nick Chubb goes from 15 carries when he could have had 24 carries. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I get it. People constantly are bitching at me about, like, why they got to give the ball to Nick more? Like, I know. They know. They want to give the ball to their best player. Like, they want to give him the ball often. But you have to understand that defense is trying to take that guy away. They are trying to stop him, too. So you want to always try to go with the defense's weakness at the same time. So you're trying to find a balance between we got this bitch and running back we think is really good, but also they're overplaying outside zone. Let's just straight drop here and throw a double move to Higgins. Like there's some of that stuff there that people don't understand. So I don't complain. The only time I did complain, I'm sorry, Mike, I'm rambling, bro. I'm going to come to you in just a second, was when they were third and three. Like sometimes you got to just kind of put your nuts on the table and say, hey, man, it's third and three. We got Nick Chubb. I'm going to take two downs to give him three yards. Like it's just he's just going to get him. I did not love how they handled that situation. Took a sack. It's fourth and seven. They throw again. I liked that he went for it, but, you know, you guys get what I'm saying. Sometimes you're like, hey, man, we got this SOB. He's better than your SOBs, so we're going to use two downs to get that first down with him. So there's some of that. I, I, I didn't like to complain, but I had to say something there. Mike, go ahead, bro. Yeah, no, it's just to, to your point and to our point, I guess, together, is the fans sort of see – Nick as just the, the, the workhorse, right? He's the only tool that they have in their hands. It's a hammer. And so everything to them looks like a nail. It's just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But the defense is telling you to do something else that, you know, you need a screwdriver, right? You need to use different tools in different situations to, again, to get the result that you want. You're not going to flush a screw with a hammer, right? You've got to yeah. use the right tool. Yeah. So what I want to just move on to next is actually a question for you, Jake, if you don't mind. And that is, you know, AVP as the play caller, is new, something that the Steelers haven't seen, something that we haven't seen, something very a la Freddie Kitchens when he took over. God rest, you know, that, that part of Brown's history. But do you think that gives us any sort of advantage or any sort of, uh, you know, one-up on the Steelers going into to the game this weekend? It could. Listen, any, any little incremental advantage, you know, could happen. Pittsburgh obviously has – an analytics department, coaching staff that, that, that knows Kevin Stefanski from their study week 17. Uh, they know every tendency in the book. And I do think, to, to John's point earlier, this question has been asked 100 million times to me this week, and I, I, people have a way of asking me questions I'll never know the answer to. It's like, I don't know, man. Did he? I, can I get some beer with him behind a closed door? And Maybe he'll tell me, but I don't know. Did he? Did he keep the – it's awful. It's, it's really brazen to do that in a, in a week 17 win or go home scenario to say hey man we're going to hold up on some of these things we think are really important because we think we're going to win like that's that's bold uh but 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 maybe I, they didn't run many screens and they did in week six they ran like four tight end screens that day they didn't run any running back screens they ran uh, several of those they didn't run any boots and it's tough to boot fake and against odd front teams with crashing outside linebacker types because they they play from such a wide angle they can take away they can adjust course really well while backside four, three defensive ends don't do a great job of it because they're trying to get down line flat and they're in a 
four-point, three-point stance and coming down the line. It's easier to leak out. So, you know, against Baltimore, they don't run many boot play action fakes. That's an odd front team. They didn't run a ton against um, uh, New York because that's an odd front team. They just don't love doing that because it's it's something that teams can sit on. But it is important. Like, play action, you know, the Browns are obviously one of the league's best play action teams. And Pittsburgh got the number one passer rating against and play action situation. So uh, we didn't see a ton of it from the Browns. There's a couple that were open when Baker slipped and took that second down sack. I referenced earlier, he had a joker wide open on a dig. If he could have kept his feet and stayed up, it was wide open as a 20 yard gain. There will be some opportunities, but they got to hit them. They got to stay up. They got to have tight ends that stay on blocks. That kind of stuff has to happen. Um, but yeah, there is an advantage with AVP, man. They, they don't, you know, they know it's the same system, the same scheme. They get it. But what's his tendency on first down? Does he like to call play action on yep. first down? We don't know what he likes to do to necessarily on first down. And defense coordinators use that, right? Like they know, hey, uh, Stefanski's a 65% play action crosser situation here. We're going to run, you know, three raw because we think it's the best suited for this situation. Like they know that. They know what coverages they want to run based on tendencies. They have those fancy laminated call sheets in front of them. There's a reason why they have them. It's got all that data in front of them. Now, some of that data will keep but some they don't have a great feel for. And I'm sure Pittsburgh's a little bit like, shit, we don't know. Uh, you know, there's probably a little bit of that going on there, coaches, defensive meetings and all that stuff. So you're right. The Freddie Kitchens thing is a great cross comparison because that's the same situation that arrived. And, you know, I don't know. AVP in 09 seemed like people in Buffalo thought he was wet behind the ears and didn't really know what he was doing quite yet, was just kind of fresh out of the league at that point, not far removed from still being a backup. It's 11 years later. He's been with, you know, Green Bay. He's, he's been around Aaron Rodgers. He's been around uh, Cincinnati when they were thriving. Like he's been, he's been in situations where um, he's, he's definitely learned a lot. If you, if you, if you flash back to January when they hired him, there were a lot of, uh, we feel good about Alex. We think he's a good coordinator. We hired him because we think he can call plays. Maybe he will call plays. Alex is saying, I'm ready to call plays. He wants that. So, you know, this is like you said earlier, man, it's a, it's a good stage for him to, uh, to have an opportunity to prove himself and, and, and if he does and they win, there's going to be a lot of pointing back to like, hey, man, maybe this Van Pelt guy's got something here. So uh, he's probably as, as unfortunate as it is that Kevin's out and, and all of that. There's probably a little bit of Alex is like, OK, this is my opportunity. You only get so many opportunities to, to, to shine in the league. And and uh, and there's some of that. So that's it, guys. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the next four days hold, hold in, in front of us. I don't know what Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh could have some issues between now and then. They've had a couple guys go down to the to the issue, but but uh, we have to we have to presume. As I sit here, I presume the Browns are going to lose some more guys. I don't know if it's contract tracing. I don't know if it's if it's some more positive tests. But your head coach is around everybody all the time. So uh, to 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 not have a single other issue from now until then, I'd be I'd be quite surprised. But if their status quo holds. Odds are stacked against them. Don't think it's going to be easy. It's ne- It was never going to be easy. I, I think it's going to be really challenging. And I, while before I thought that they had a really good coin flip situation going on here, I just think now it's like it's a really big challenge. It's, it's going to be a really hard challenge. But I made a movie called Any Given Sunday. It's a phrase for a reason. Uh, anything can happen in football, man. It's not – it's uh, – it's, 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 you know, we saw them lose to the Jets. They, they, anything can happen. Any, any team can show up and any bounce can go their way. And it'll be fun, guys. I'll say it again. It'll be fun to watch them hopefully play, especially Baker, without a – there's no pressure, man. This is just – it's in front of me. I can go rip it. We can go play loose. Uh, and hopefully that yields some, some crazy, like, holy cow results. That'd be awesome, right? I'm here for it, Jake. Definitely here for it. 
All right, we'll close, man. This is good stuff, guys. I appreciate you joining me. We will, uh, we're going to make this, like I talked about before we came on, we're going to make this a regular thing come the offseason. We might have prospects we talk about. Maybe all three of us will study the same guy. We'll talk about what we like about a player, something like that. We'll get there. We'll flesh it out. Um, you know, as time gives us, it's been a crazy, it's just been a crazy year. And uh, once we can decompress after the season, hopefully that decompress happens a month from now. But if it happens on Sunday, then it happens on Sunday. We'll, we'll figure this whole thing out. But but these are as good a dudes as I'll ever meet. And they're, they're, they're good football minds. And hopefully listeners to this podcast, it'll be good to have John back on because he's the OG, man. He brought it all together. And I love that he's back and can have a regular spot. And, and, and I have mad respect for Mike. So this will be fun. So uh, appreciate you guys. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, thanks. Uh, absolutely happy to talk some football here over the next few weeks for sure. Thanks for joining us, guys. I appreciate you listening. Hopefully you check out part two preview coming up later this week. Uh, like I said, we will, uh, well, hopefully probably over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, because it's going to be Friday by the time this one drops. So hopefully check that out. Check out the offensive scouting notes I left up uh, over at the OBR that have a ton of insights into Alex Van Pelt, the Browns play action, bootleg concepts, and some of the run game stuff that matters, maybe how they can pop a couple runs. So check that out. No YouTube videos this week, having a bit of a technological issue with YouTube. We'll get back to that when we can. Um, but yeah, thanks for checking us out. Make sure you subscribe and rate five star if you can. This podcast, always appreciate your love and support. Again, we'll be back later this week. And, um, you know, hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up at the OBR Insider section if you ever have some specific film breakdown questions. I'm always willing to answer, chat, all that fun stuff. So until next time, guys, appreciate you. Go Browns.